Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to spend the first hour taking a look at headline news and try to keep you up to date with what's going on between Ukraine and Russia. What happens there will have a ripple effect and is already having a ripple effect all around the world. Some suggest we may be entering into a new Cold War. Some suggest this might be the beginning of World War III. We pray otherwise and we don't want to... Uh, lean on hyperbole, but we do want to continue to follow what's happening there to pray for those who are in positions of influence and power, not pray for them that they will succeed, but pray about them and that they would ultimately have a change of heart, if not an encounter with Christ, and also to let you know how the church is faring in Ukraine under such tremendous pressure. Uh, So far, the Russians don't have control of the uh, airspace, but at this point, it is predicted by the uh, president of uh, Ukraine, Mr. Zelensky, that uh, Russian forces will storm Kiev, the capital city, in the early hours Saturday morning local time. And that is, well, just about now. Here are some of the fast facts. U.S. and U.K. officials say that Russia has lost momentum. They failed to capture any major cities after two days of fighting. That may change overnight. President Biden announced new sanctions on Russia and the deployment of 7,000 more U.S. service members to Germany while maintaining that U.S. military will not fight in Ukraine. These troops are to uh, support and defend NATO members should that be necessary. The White House says it will sanction Russian President Vladimir Putin, which is an escalation in the sanctions that many have been waiting and calling for. Ukrainian President Zelensky said Russian forces will storm Kiev in the early hours of Saturday morning local time. Uh, the city limits have been breached and we're I'm seeing images um, of uh, bombing in the in the city um, that indicate that that is, in fact, uh, true. In a video message to Ukrainians, the uh, president, Zelensky, he warned them to make preparations to be ready for what they will face. Take up arms and protect your country. Defend your freedom. In fact, they are handing out weapons to civilians uh, and asking them to do just that. And uh, males 18 and older are not permitted to leave the country. They are being called upon to defend Ukraine. Well, Russian forces have continued to hit the city of the capital city of Kiev with explosives and shelling. And despite the increasingly uh, dangerous environment uh, in Ukraine, Zelensky has remained in his country, vowing to fight back against Russian aggression. He is um, Vladimir Putin's prime target. Russia has moved to block Facebook after the social media platform refused to stop media outlet fact checks. And Russia on Friday limited access to Meta Platforms, Inc.'s Facebook social media platform after it refused to stop fact checks on Russia uh, media outlets. Facebook spokesperson Nick Clegg said yesterday Russian authorities ordered us to stop the independent fact checking and labeling of content posted on Facebook by four Russian state owned media organizations. We refused. As a result, they have announced they will be restricting the use of our services. Ordinary Russians are using our apps to express themselves and organize for action. He continued. We want them to continue to make their voices heard, share what's happening and organize through Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp and messenger. Finally, Russia has seen mass protests to the president's deadly invasion of Ukraine. They have been very vigorous to tamp those down, but uh, they have continued and we'll follow the story as it develops in Russia, as well as what Russia is doing in Ukraine. 
Well, the U.S. will need to get involved if Russia invades NATO countries, top House Republicans are warning. Uh, the top Republican of the House Intelligence Committee said Russia's siege of Ukraine is a threat to the U.S. and said that America would need to get involved if nearby NATO members are attacked. What we're seeing is that Russia, under Russian President Vladimir Putin's leadership, has invaded a validly elected uh, democracy, rather, an independent nation, violating international law. Representative Mike Turner speaking to the media. It's a threat to Europe and a threat to our NATO allies and therefore to the United States. Well, Russia, as you know, invaded Ukraine on Thursday after amassing troops on the nation's border for months and reached the capital after one day of fighting. Uh, The President Putin has openly stated that his goal is to reunite the geographical territory of the Soviet Union, and we should believe him, Turner said. I don't think U.S. troops should be engaged directly, but we do play a role here that is very important. Well, President Biden campaigned on the promise of standing up to Russia, tweeting in 2020 that Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who will ever going to who's ever gone toe-to-toe with him, end quote. Well, uh, Turner told uh, Fox News in an interview that Vladimir Putin has very openly threatened the West and the United States. He specifically included in his exercises leading up to invading Ukraine a nuclear weapons exercise, which, of course, places the United States, our cities, at risk. However, you have a leader of a nation violating international law, openly threatening the world with weapons of mass destruction. We are entering a very difficult and very dangerous time. The Ohio Republican went on to say the attack on Thursday marks the second time Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine under Biden's leadership. The Russian leader was sanctioned after he annexed Crimea in 2014 when Biden was vice president. The Obama administration didn't rise to that occasion after Crimea was invaded and annexed into Russia. Turner pointed out Putin sees an opportunity to be able to do this at the uh, at the least cost since the Biden administration showed weakness during the Afghanistan withdrawal and mixed messages with respect to Ukraine itself. He noted that the Russian leader likely also reflected on the Obama administration's response to the previous invasion. Well, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg on Friday said that Russian President Vladimir Putin has threatened the alliance by telling it to withdraw forces from member nations or face consequences. This goes far beyond Ukraine, he pointed out, and warned this is about how Russia is actually challenging, contesting core values of our security. Then warning that NATO should withdraw all forces and infrastructure from almost half of our members. Well, the NATO is now deploying the response force for the first time in history to counter Putin. Uh, they said that if you we don't do that, if we don't meet their demands, there will be what they called military technical consequences. Well, the leader of the now 30 member alliance said that in response to the, these threats, NATO has for the first time deployed the response force for collective security. Stoltenberg said the U.S., the U.K., France and Germany are among the NATO nations to have deployed forces and lead elements to assist the response force. We have to take this seriously, he said. The NATO chief also repeated previous warnings that a cyber attack could trigger a united response from the alliance, but said the exact terms surrounding such attacks remain purposefully ambiguous. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're following what's happening in Ukraine and around the world in response. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. A reminder in the second hour of today's program, The Christian Outlook. Today we'll hear from U.S. Uh, retired U.S. Army General Jack Keane and Inez Stepman, who's senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum about Russia's military action against Ukraine. We'll also hear from Dr. Albert Moeller as he looks at a window into the mind of Vladimir Putin, a leader who's become much more aggressive in his aspirations for Russia, and whether or not there, this is a massive overreach. Uh, we'll also hear from Brian uh, Chep- Chappelle, rather, of the radio program Unlimited Grace about his deeper and life-transforming appreciation of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, Russian military forces haven't made this kind of, the kind of gains, rather, that they expected in Ukraine, and they faced more resistance than anticipated from Ukrainian forces, according to a senior U.S. defense official. Now, that may all change this evening, but after two days of war, Ukrainian command and control is still intact. No population centers have been taken, and Russia has yet to achieve air superiority with Ukraine's air and missile defense capabilities still working. Though degraded, the defense official told reporters on Friday, well, the Russians have lost a, a little bit of their momentum, the defense official uh, told reporters speaking um, on background. Well, the official added, in general, we assess the Russian forces are encountering greater resistance than they expected. The official also reacted to a video of a Ukrainian border guard at the ill-fated um, uh, Zmeny Island, also known as Snake Island, there you go, who told Russian aggressors Well, he spoke rather harshly to them. The Russian warship fired, wiped out the 13 soldiers stationed there. It's both gut-wrenching and inspiring, the official said of the video, and certainly reflective of what we've seen in the 24 hours of this invasion, which is the Ukrainians being willing to fight for their country and do so bravely. Well, lawmakers on the Hill here in the U.S. plan to introduce a resolution on Monday that will call on President Biden to use the U.S.'s role as a permanent member of the U.N. Security Council to try and oust Russia from the top governing body. The council was formed during the aftermath of World War II. It holds five permanent members, China, France, the U.K., the U.S., and, of course, Russia, all of whom were allied against the Axis powers. But following Russia's invasion of Ukraine this week, world leaders have been united and condemning the Kremlin's actions with the notable exception of China. It's a long shot. Spokesman Nick Stewart uh, for Representative Claudia Tenia, a Republican from New York who drafted the resolution, said just because Russia has the veto power to something and will uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Well, Stewart said the resolution will put another layer of pressure on Russia to stop its illegal invasion of Ukraine, a tacit uh, 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 disapproval and a tactic the U.N. Security Council will pursue on Friday when it votes on a separate resolution condemning Russia's behavior and calling for its immediate withdrawal from Ukraine. Meanwhile, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley on Friday said the Biden administration should call for Russia to be expelled from the controversial U.N. Human Rights Council in light of their invasion. The Biden administration rushed to get back on the Human Rights Council right after Russia joined it, Haley said in a statement. They should call for Russia to be expelled immediately. The former ambassador has been a vocal critic of the Human Rights Council, and it was during her time as ambassador that the Trump administration withdrew the U.S. from the council over concerns about its anti-Israel bias and the human rights abusers who sat on that council, with Haley repeatedly describing the council as a cesspool. Well, current human rights abusers on the council include not only Russia, but China, Cuba, Eritrea and Venezuela. Ukraine, which is currently attempting to push back the Russian invasion into its territory, is also on that 
Council. Well, as Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, pressing near um, uh, even the capital of Kiev, a Baptist home was destroyed and a seminary shaken by nearby blasts. Local sources told Christianity Today that no churches or Christian buildings had been attacked so far. President Putin announced his forces were targeting only military installations, although as the day wore on today, it appeared that that wasn't necessarily still the case. He also asserted that Ukraine does not truly exist as a nation. Well, the vice president of the Baptist Union, the largest Protestant body in Ukraine, Igor uh, Bandura, heard about the collateral damage to the home of a Baptist uh, in Donetsk uh, during a Zoom call with his 25 regional superintendents, minus one, on the front lines of the eastern Donbas region. The Baptist leader from the occupied territory of the other area that uh, Russia had occupied, the Luhansk, was unable to join. But from the town they were meeting from on the front lines in neighboring Donetsk, uh, it's an area then still under Ukrainian government control, at least for now. Well, the point they made was that as uh, Russia invades Ukraine, pastors are staying, they're serving their congregations and their communities, and they're praying, and they're also resisting. They're asking us to pray for uh, Donetsk, Uh, First, to stop the aggressor, but then for peace of mind to respond with Christian character and not from human hate, which would be the easiest thing in the world to do. Pray and remain calm. This was the message uh, put out by the Ukrainian Council of Churches and Religious Organizations a day after its appeal to Putin went unanswered. And uh, that continues to be their cry to one another as they pray and ask God to intervene. Meanwhile, Chinese banks restricted lending to Russia today, dealing a blow to Moscow. Beijing draws a line of, on support for Moscow after the invasion. Power, the uh, future executive director, Daniel Turner, uh, said uh, uh, that two Chinese state-owned banks will restrict financing for Russian commodity purchases, suggesting there are limits to Beijing's support for Moscow as the Kremlin confronts severe economic sanctions over its attack on Ukraine. I think we're moving closer to what could be characterized as severe uh, economic sanctions. Now, the, uh, Vladimir Putin himself being the focus. Offshore units of Industrial and Commercial Bank of China have stopped issuing U.S. dollar denominated letters of credit for purchases of physical Russian commodities uh, ready for export, while the Bank of China is also limited funding, according to Bloomberg News, citing people familiar with that matter. The Yuan uh, um, denominated letters of credit are still available for some clients pending approval from senior executives. So while China has remained silent in many ways, this is one way they've demonstrated they're not in lockstep with Russia. Well, anyone seeking news on the latest Russia-Ukraine developments in the Chinese Communist Party mouthpiece People's Daily would be disappointed. Its front page and international section were devoid of articles on the conflict gripping the planet, reflecting the reluctance of China's leaders to take a clear stance on it. However, on China's more freewheeling social media, Internet users and prominent nationalist voices offered sympathy for Russian President Vladimir Putin, at times casting doubt on the West's reliability and blaming the North Atlantic Treaty Organization for fueling the conflict. On the Twitter-like uh, Weibo platform, the page sponsored by state broadcaster China Central Television and populated with posts carrying the hashtag Ukraine's president says the West abandoned Ukraine at more than 1.1 billion views by Friday afternoon. 
Chinese Internet users openly mocked what they saw as a toothless response by Western countries to the Russian assault on Ukraine, while drawing parallels to Taiwan, a separately governed island off the coast of mainland China that Beijing has vowed to take control of by force if necessary. Others said they were against war and expressed sympathy with the Ukrainian people and its soldiers. The lack of comments from the People's Daily, which primarily reflects consensus within the party leadership, means that discussions are still underway. A senior research fellow at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations suggests he said the prevailing discourse in China was more pro-Russian than in the past and reflected more of Russia's official talking points. Public interest in Russia's invasion of Ukraine has been immense. A state media-sponsored Weibo topic page for the latest updates from the Russian-Ukraine crisis has received more than 4 billion views since it was set up on Thursday. And of course, uh, everyone is watching China to see if it signals what China plans to do in the short term with regard to Taiwan. Well, faced with a $32 billion drop in their wealth this year, Russian oligarchs are looking for assets to allow them to overcome sanctions that will increase with the invasion of Ukraine. Familiar with crises, they see Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as an escape from the uh, um, the hegemony of the dollar and a way to, uh, to diversify their holdings. Well, with the European Union and the United States delivering the harshest ever sanctions on Russia following the invasion, ultra-wealthy Russians are turning to new tech to preserve their financial assets. Cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin uh, can be seen rightly or wrongly as lifesavers during financial and geopolitical crises that threaten private assets. Now, for those close to the uh, Russian power personality targeted by Western sanctions, holding crypto allows them to escape seizures of their assets abroad, and holders t- have taken uh, care to cover their tracks as Bitcoin is traceable and transparent. Uh, concerned about discretion, Russian investors may prefer cryptos such as Monero uh, that offer anonymity to their users. So a way around these uh, now crippling sanctions. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be back as we continue to take a look at the day's news uh, following what's happening in Ukraine. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. A reminder, second hour, The Christian Outlook. Well, in other news, a bit closer to home, President Biden announced on Friday that he will nominate Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. In response, the judge said, I'm proud to announce that I am nominating, or the president said, I am proud to announce that I am nominating Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to serve on the Supreme Court. He said in a Twitter post, she is uh, one of the nation's brightest legal minds and will be an exceptional justice. President Biden sought a candidate with exceptional credentials, um, unimpeachable character and unwavering dedication to the rule of law. The White House press release on Jackson's nomination stated, well, the president made the final decision on Thursday night, informs Jackson by phone. A source familiar with the matter told CNN that phone conversation has since been released. Jackson accepted the nomination. Uh, Interestingly enough, the last uh, Supreme Court vacancy uh, the uh, maybe it was under the Obama administration. Her daughter had written to President Obama recommending her mother uh, to be seated on the U.S. Supreme Court. So it's uh, 
rather ironic that she's now been nominated. Her mother had to explain. It's not quite how it happens. Anyway, the announcement came a month after Justice Stephen Breyer, one of three liberal justices on the bench, informed Biden that he intends to retire. The president had interviewed three finalists for the nomination. Multiple outlets reported those finalists were reportedly Jackson, whom the president appointed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, California Supreme Court Justice um, Leon, Leandra Kruger and Judge Michelle Childs, who has served on multiple state courts in South Carolina. Jackson served on the U.S. Sentencing Commission before joining the federal judiciary in 2013. Last year, the president nominated Jackson to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to take the place of the current U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Jackson was confirmed by a 53-44 Senate vote with Republicans Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina voting in favor. Judge Jackson's achievements are well known to the Senate Judiciary Committee as we approved her to the D.C. Circuit less than a year ago with bipartisan support. Well, barely bipartisan support, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin said in a statement on Friday, we will begin immediately, he pointed out, to move forward on her nomination with the careful, fair and professional approach she and America are entitled to. Next week, we'll talk about uh, some of the areas of controversy with her uh, potential nomination and the hearings that are Uh, yet to come. In other news, the uh, Centers for Disease Control released updated guidance today that says that most U.S. counties do not qualify as at-risk areas for COVID-19 transmission and therefore can drop their mask requirements. Only 28% of people in the United States still live in at-risk regions where masking is urged in indoor settings. It's not necessary for the rest of the over 70% of U.S. residents to wear masks, according to the new data. The CDC's new notice is a significant reversal from its last advisory, which was responding to the rampant spread of Omicron variant in recommending that about 99% of the population should mask indoors. Well, this new framework, and I'm quoting, moves beyond just looking at cases and test positivity to evaluate factors that reflect the severity of disease, including hospitalizations and hospital capacity, and helps to determine whether the level of COVID-19 and severe disease are low, medium, or high in a community. The CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, told reporters the COVID-19 community level we are releasing today will inform CDC recommendations on prevention measures like masking and CDC recommendations for layering prevention measures will depend on the COVID-19 level in the community. Well, the new guidance assigns designations to counties on the basis of community spread. Uh, Counties with less than 200 new COVID-19 cases per 100,000 people in the past week have low community levels of the virus uh, and hospital admissions are less than 100,000 or less than 10 percent of staffed hospital beds filled by COVID-19 patients on average in the last week. Well, it's a rather complicated formula, but nonetheless, the bottom line is uh, the CDC has released these updated guidance Um, saying that uh, most U.S. counties do not qualify, according to their standard, as at-risk areas for COVID-19 transmission and therefore can drop their mask requirements. You might recall that uh, in the state of Oregon, we were told weeks ago that the 31st of March would be the date that mask requirements would be lifted in the state of Oregon. That has since been moved up to, I believe it's the 16th of this month, and given the new CDC guidance, it's possible it could be moved even uh, sooner, but We'll uh, follow that story and let you know if that is the case.
Well, President Biden condemned Russian President Vladimir Putin after the country carried out military operations in Ukraine Wednesday night, Thursday morning local time, and a pair of tweets moments after Russia carried out that military action. Meanwhile, at Putin's legacy is the one thing he could lose and he treasures more than anything else. Uh, his incursion into Ukraine is the latest instance of destabilizing or oppressive behavior at home and abroad by the authoritarian strongman who's managed to shrug off pushback and denunciations from foes in his more than 20 years in power. Meanwhile, stocks are tumbling. U.S. equity futures are falling following an address uh, on Wednesday evening from President Vladimir Putin saying he's decided to green light military operations in Ukraine. Senator Romney has assessed uh, blame, saying that. Uh, uh, He laid the blame for Russia's Wednesday night invasion of Ukraine at the policies of uh, the three most recent U.S. presidents and saying Biden's hands are tied. Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg told Fox News that there's not much President Biden can do to stop a bigger invasion of Ukraine by Russia. President Biden has held office for more than 13 months, but former uh, President Trump still occupies a significant space in media coverage of the unfolding Russia-Ukraine crisis, which is rather interesting. In a potential World War II warning, Senator Lindsey Graham warned Wednesday that if Russian President Vladimir Putin, China and Iran get away with their respective goals, the result will be World War II. The U.S. economy is facing the worst labor shortage in close to a century, according to a new research. Vladimir Putin's Kiev plans um, invading Ukraine and plans to take over uh, the capital and installing his own government there is uh, uh, evidence that Kiev is in the crosshairs. Russian troops are attempting to infiltrate the capital. Ukrainian authorities are warning. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said he's convinced Vladimir Putin will attempt to overthrow the Ukrainian government. There seems to be plenty of evidence to support that. On uh, the president's sanctions, the president is being blasted online after Deputy National Security Advisor Dalip Singh said sanctions are not designed to disrupt Russia's energy exports. Will the CDC drop the mask mandate? Well, they have essentially done just that for the major portion of the country. And George Floyd Uh, Cops are found guilty. A federal jury found three former Minneapolis police officers accused of violating Floyd's civil rights guilty. A promised world order, although the way candidate Joe Biden told it when campaigning, it was simple. Elect him president and America was not to be crossed. Senator Inhofe is retiring. GOP Senator Jim Inhofe, who has served in Congress since 1987, will not complete the remainder of his Senate term and instead will retire next January. Senator Ted Cruz is urging Congress to take action to make permanent sanctions targeting the uh, company behind Nord Stream 2, the pipeline. In a case of Russian media approval, as Russia launches a full-out military assault, its state media organs are launching an assault to bolster the Kremlin. In opinion, Rebecca Grant reminds many policymakers in Washington, D.C. didn't think Ukraine was worth defending. Ukraine was not a strategic interest for America, they said. In other news, understanding the Ukraine's war effects, Americans are already coping with the hottest inflation in four decades, and Russia's full-scale attack on Ukraine could push it even higher. U.S. stock futures retreated early Friday after all three major averages clawed back from steep losses and finished higher on Thursday. Well, the president announced new uh, sanctions. The United States and its allies have now targeted all 10 
of Russia's largest financial institution through a combination of full-blocking sanctions that choke off all transactions with uh, U.S. entities as well as correspondent sanctions that bar transactions with U.S. banks and debt and equity sanctions on institutions holding nearly 80 percent of Russian bank assets, the White House said. The sanctions target not only Russia's largest state-owned banks but also a number of Russian political and business elites. They also penalize companies in virtually every major sector of the economy, including mining and minerals, as well as telecommunications and railway. He announced sanctions this morning, but at one point, the president said no one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. Putin's not going to say, oh, the sanctions are coming. Katie Pavlich weighs in, saying given the position of the West and the lack of unity, specifically from Germany, Putin may just go beyond Ukraine uh, to test NATO and see if they'll actually respond. Hugh Hewitt says these sanctions exceed SWIFT, um, quoting, we see um, everything that's happening and it's not really enough. Well, Russia's march continues despite the uh, sanctions uh, announced. Well, Russian protesting the war of, on Ukraine um, are doing so at great cost. Russian police are dealing with the daring protesters with brute force, but they can't seem to stop them online. A Ukrainian teacher bloodied by a Russian missile strike that hit her home says a very strong guardian angel is the reason she's alive. Many others are praying as well. White House says there is uh, are no plans to sanction Russian oil. It came with this statement. Our sanctions are not designed to um, cause disruption to the current flow of energy from Russia to the world. Of course, we now depend on Russia more than we should, given we've shut down our own capacity and independence. Peggy Noonan predicts that with Putin, it will get uglier. It is uh, ugly and will get uglier, she says. Vladimir Putin isn't going to stop anytime soon. You don't launch a full-scale military assault on another nation and two days later, so say, I think I made, a, uh, made my point and go home. He was never interested in negotiations. He was never open to argument. He set this in motion and will follow through to the imagined victory point in his head. He has shocked the West. He wanted to shock the West, and he's done it. Dan McLaughlin also weighs in, saying Putin is 69 years old, and he has been leading Russia for two decades, most of that as effectively a dictator. The life of a dictator is isolated and paranoid. The strong man has no peers, often has nobody who can contradict him without fear of or um, bring him uh, a bad news without happy talk and must always fear plots around him. The isolation is doubtless deepened in the past two years of pandemic for Putin, as it has for all of us. His behavior in recent appearances suggests a man who has consumed too much of his own propaganda, a common ailment for aging dictators. And John Kerry, in an example of uh, tone-deaf comments, said uh, keep combating climate change, and he was uh, concerned that Vladimir Putin may not be taking that into account. Well, the tone-deaf former Secretary of State said, I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. The Wall Street Journal weighs in. Mr. Kerry's comments aren't a gaffe. They reveal the Biden administration's obsession with climate and with punishing fossil fuel production, which has made the U.S. and Europe vulnerable to Mr. Putin's energy blackmail. The climate lobby has made Mr. Putin more powerful. Every time Mr. Kerry visits Moscow, the boys in the Kremlin must think it's Christmas. And David Fredoso, he says this guy uh, was almost president. Bullet dodged. Former heavyweight boxing champions vowed to fight for Ukraine. The brothers, Vatili and Vladimir, 
age 45 and 50, vowed to stay and fight in their home country. According to sports columnist Dan Wetzel, both uh, sons of Major General in the Soviet Air Force made millions as heavyweight boxing champs. They uh, could be safely living anywhere in the world. Instead, they are in their native Ukraine, vowing to take up arms and fight Russia. They are heroes. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up on our second hour, the Christian Outlook. <laughs> Outlook, retired U.S. Army General Jack Keane and Inez Stepman, senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum, will talk about Russia's military action against Ukraine. Dr. Albert Moeller will look at a window into the mind of Vladimir Putin, a leader who's become much more aggressive in his aspirations for Russia, and Brian Chappelle of the radio program Unlimited Grace about his deeper and life-transforming appreciation for what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. That's coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Well, more than half of abortions performed in the United States are now chemical abortions, a trend that arose during the COVID pandemic. A black female city councilwoman has switched from Democrat to Republican. That's news these days. South Carolina's Harriet Holman explained, it's just some things that I had looked at um, that I just didn't agree with any longer. And one of the things was I am just totally pro-life and I am for capitalism and I am for happening tonight is um, and, and for what's um, what's going on these days. I think I've kind of switched my pages here. But anyway, um, so again, that's considered big news these days. Well, clarifying the stats, uh, gun deaths have overtaken car deaths in the U.S. A recently published study from researchers at the Westchester Medical Center found that firearms-related deaths overtook car-related deaths over the period of between 2009 and 2018. Gun-related deaths rose yearly by an average of 0.72%, whereas car-related deaths by 0.07% annually. Firearms-related deaths overtook traffic-related fatalities, and the trend continued through 2018. Well, on this day in history, President... um that's not right. I'm all I'm all turned around here. Well, the president tapped Judge Brown Jackson for the Supreme Court to vacancy uh, that will be filled next year. Three former Minneapolis police officers have been found guilty in the George Floyd uh, death. After two days of deliberation, a Minneapolis jury found police officers uh, J. Alexander Krug, Tom Lane and Yu Thao. Uh, who were all present at George Floyd's arrest and death, guilty of violating his civil rights. The jury agreed that the officers failed to provide medical care, failed to intervene as former senior officer Derek Chauvin was kneeling on Floyd's back and neck for nine minutes. The three officers have also been charged with aiding and abetting murder and manslaughter and will face a separate trial this summer. Well, the question, is the Secret Service covering for Hunter Biden? The Secret Service has failed to deliver communications documents related to Uh, His overseas travel for the years of 2010, 11 and 13, which Republican Senator Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson requested last month. Well, Grassley and Johnson have requested uh, Hunter's travel communications from January 2009 to January 2017, a period during which uh, Hunter was grifting on his dad's name. In an apparent rebuff of the senator's request, U.S. Secret Service uh, Director James Murray 
responded that the Secret Service provided documents responsive to your request in accordance with law, longstanding executive branch practice, and department-wide standards, but that search parameters did not yield communications for the years 2010, 11, or 13. The senators complained that much of what they had received from the USSS has extensive and inappropriate redactions that have impeded their ability to understand the full scope of the interactions between Hunter Biden, his associates, and the USSS. Well, the Biden administration is mum on funding migrant shelters in Mexico following a federal judge rule last August against Joe Biden's termination of Donald Trump's migrant protection protocols, better known as Remain in Mexico, ordering its reinstating GOP Lawmakers are wondering where the funds allocated for the program are going. Republicans on the House Foreign Affairs Committee sent a letter Tuesday to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken demanding answers. With record numbers of um, illegal uh, aliens flowing across the border, Republicans have serious concerns with the Department of State's refusal to provide information on U.S. foreign assistance funds. For the MPP to work as designed, migrants seeking asylum must have appropriate shelters in place in Mexico as they wait for their request to be pro- uh, processed. The designated funds for these shelters during um, the Trump uh, administration and the last two years, roughly 68,000 migrants enrolled in the program, though since Biden took office and following the uh, reinstatement of the plan, uh, the total number enrolled um, at the by the end of January was 673 and of those only 403 have been uh, returned to mexico so where is the money going well president biden has stopped short of sanctioning putin directly which he chose to do earlier today the world's most powerful forces are watching from afar ukrainian president Zelensky took a shot at president biden um, in his desperation twitter facebook and instagram are allowing kremlin officials to promote their war effort on social media and ukraine is instructing citizens to make molotov cocktails to burn and destroy invading russian military and they're handing out weapons urging kiev um, residents to defend their homeland china is refusing to call the russian attack on ukraine an invasion deflecting the blame to the u.s and president biden has already tapped the strategic petroleum reserves to drop prices two cents The question now is, why not one more time? And Oakland's mayor admits a campaign to defund the police went too far. Well, on this day in history, 1866, Ulysses S. Grant is named General of the Army of the United States, the first officer to hold the rank. 1946, the U.S. detonates an atomic bomb near Bikini Atoll uh, in the Pacific in the first underwater test of the device. 1952, Puerto Rico becomes a self-governing commonwealth of the United States. 1960, a Woolworth store in Greensboro, North Carolina, that had been the scene of a sit-in protest against its whites-only lunch counter, drops its segregation policy. 1972, the notorious Tuskegee syphilis experiment comes to light as the Associated Press reports that for the previous four decades, for 40 years, The U.S. Public Health Service, in conjunction with the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, had been allowing poor, rural black male patients with syphilis to go without treatment, even allowing them to die as a way of studying the disease. A partial explanation for why the government mandates are met with skepticism within the black community, even now with COVID-19 and vaccinations. 1978, Louis J. Brown, the first test tube baby, is born in Oldham, England. And 1984, Soviet cosmonaut, uh, her name is Svetlana Sabitskaya. 
Eh, pretty close. She becomes the first woman to walk in space as she carries out more than three hours of experiments outside the orbiting space station. Uh, Salut 7. It was a big deal then, I guess less so now, since there are more women in the space program. 1994, Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin and Jordan's King Hussein signed a declaration at the White House ending their country's 46-year-old formal state of war. 2002, Zacharias Musawi, Zacharias, uh, declares he's guilty of conspiracy in the September 11, 2001 terror attacks, then dramatically withdraws his, pe- his plea as his uh, arraignment in Alexandria, Virginia. And finally, on this day in history, 2018, a study published in the journal Science revealed that a huge lake of salty water appears to be buried deep in Mars. Well, there's a lot going on, lots of news headlines. I've watched all day and listened to bombs falling and seeing explosions, seeing Ukrainian people running for safety and crying out to God for help. Uh, Families being separated as the men move in one direction and their families in another trying to cross uh, the border Poland has allowing has allowed and is allowing large numbers of Ukrainians across the border for uh, their safety and protection. Males 18 and over are um, not permitted to leave the country. They are expected to stay and fight for their country. And they're being handed weapons, civilians, as well as those who are trained military. As I mentioned at the top of the program, there's an expectation that tonight Russians will overthrow the capital or at least it will be under siege in uh, ways that we haven't seen up to this point. And Zelensky suggests that this is uh, what's to be expected. It is a situation that could very easily spiral out of control. I mean, it's already out of control for Ukrainians, but it could broaden in areas that would require NATO um, allies to, to gain involvement and could escalate into something much, much worse. I know many across the country are praying for Ukraine, are praying for the situation there that uh, we wouldn't see what happened in the 30s and 40s happen in the the year 2022. And only God um, can prevent that from happening, it appears, at this point. We're praying for wisdom for our leaders, that they will do the right things, that will have the right uh, impact on the decision-maker, Vladimir Putin. I'm praying that Vladimir Putin would come to his senses and retreat. It's unlike him. It's out of character, but it's a possibility. And so we are praying for the people of Ukraine We're praying for the church in Ukraine, and we're asking God to intervene and put an end to this violent siege. Well, coming up after news and traffic here at the top of the hour, we'll hear the Christian outlook. We'll have an opportunity to hear from some specialists on the Russian military action in Ukraine. We'll also hear Dr. Albert Moeller analyze Vladimir Putin and what to expect based on his uh, personality, history, and character. And we'll also hear from Byron Brian Chappelle on God's goodness going to be a good end to a tough day. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show and like us on Facebook and join us live every weekday at four for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.